Hello and welcome to Monse, a K-pop podcast. I'm your host, Zia J, and this is the last episode for the year. Of course, I have the latest news and reviews for you, and for this last episode, I've got the wonderful Shining Star Co. with me to talk about the history of Luna. If you want to let me know what you thought of this episode, or you want to see when I'll be coming back next year, you can follow the socials at Monse Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Let's get into the news of the fortnight. Solo artist Samuel has won his lawsuit for an invalid contract against Brave Entertainment. Seoul Central District Court ruled that the contract, signed in 2014, was invalid and dismissed Brave Entertainment's suit for damages of 1 billion won. Brave Entertainment has announced their intent to appeal the decision. BTS have made history again as the first Asian artist to win Artist of the Year at the American Music Awards, beating out artists like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. And for the second year in a row, they're the only K-pop artist to be nominated for a Grammy. Their nomination is for Best Pop Duo Slash Group Performance, the same nomination that they received last year. The Mnet Asian Music Awards have announced their full performer lineup, including confirmation that 101 will be reuniting for the award show. Joining them will be Esper, ATs, Brave Girls, and Hypen, Ini, Itzy, J01, Kepler, NCT127, and Dream, Stray Kids, and TXT, along with special performances from Ed Sheeran and some group performances. The event will be held on December 6. On to signing news. With the disbandment of Lovelies, some of the members have already found new companies. GA has signed with YGK Plus as a singer and an actor, and Miju has signed with Antenna. Along with that, Baby Soul, who stayed with Wulim, has started to use her given name, Lee Soo Jung, for promotions in the future. And Sawn has left CLC and Cube Entertainment at the end of her contract and after six years with the group. Now on to the reviews from the past fortnight. November's not a super busy time for K-pop, so there's only a handful, but here they are. We'll start with Weki Meki's latest track, Siesta. This is a really fun, light, dance pop track, with a really chill opening and verse and a great build-up into the chorus. It's full of cool, slightly 80s synths and a lot of percussion, and it's all layered under these really floaty, high vocals. This could be too sweet, but I think it's balanced really nicely, and the lower, more stripped-back moment in the bridge goes a long way to giving you a rest from that. Their vocals are great, with some big notes in the last chorus. I kind of wish you could hear those a little more clearly, but it's not a huge issue. This is really cute, and I love it coming into summer here in the Southern Hemisphere. Next up, we have Monster X with Rush Hour. This is just extremely Monster X. It opens with this slightly haunting, whistled riff, and then drops into the heavy hip-hop that is pretty signature for them by now. This is really cool, with marching percussion, electric guitar samples, and a really great mix that gives their voices plenty of room to come through really clearly. There's a great mix of heavy rap parts and some incredible vocal moments, especially in the just really cool bridge. 
I will say Monster X is one of the few Korean artists that correctly uses African-American vernacular English or AAVE in their songs and there's generally a level of comfort with English that gives them a real advantage in their lyrics and performance. I'm a huge fan of this, I think it's a perfect progression for Monster X and I love what they're doing at the moment. SF9 had a comeback as well with their new track Trauma. This has one of my favourite features, a really dirty bassline that opens the song and continues as it falls into the cool, smooth and sexy pop that they're so well known for. There is a rap part in the middle that I don't necessarily think suits the vibe super well, but other than that I really liked what they did with this. Other than the bass line, there's some pretty stripped back percussion and some light synths. They really let their vocals do most of the work here, and they're every part as slick and groovy as you need to be for a track like this. Especially if you like pretty classic K-pop sounds, this is a good one to check out, and it will be their last comeback before they all enlist as a group. And finally, Ghost 9 came back with Control. I don't know Ghost 9 super well, but this is really well done. It's super dramatic, a mix of heavy synths and electronic percussion, as well as live classical instruments. And there's some big vocal moments over it all that go really hard. They do some really interesting rhythmic things in this, drawing out parts for an extra bar or dragging a synth into the next part, and it all combines to leave you feeling like you're constantly a beat behind them, which is not a bad thing. It makes for a lot of anticipation, and when it does all come together, it means it hits really hard. I really like what they did here. There's definitely some expertise that's gone into it. Now, I am super excited to have a guest for you on the last episode of the year. Shining Starco was kind enough to volunteer to come on and talk about Luna with me. Before I pass you over, though, I just want to shout out EcoStars on Instagram, who made a great Guide to Luna post that really helped me out with research on this one. For now, though, I will hand it over to myself and Shining Starco. I am very excited to have with me Shining Star Co, who is a merch designer and producer, cup sleeve event hoster that I know from Instagram as per usual, but who has been very lovely and volunteered to come on for a history of episode. And this week we will be talking about Luna. But before we get into that, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and maybe just go over how you got into K-pop? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Shining Star Co. I've been running my shop for like almost two years. It's mainly based off of K-pop, but I've jumped into different groups, so I don't like to specify what group it is. But I did do a whole Cups event for Luna's anniversary in August, so I would hope I know a lot about Luna. As for knowing k-pop i've known it for a while i knew about it in like 2013 from actually an fx video from uh, sm entertainment Mm -hmm. i discovered amber lou first with uh shake that brass i believe it was and then i just kind of followed amber lou and i discovered some of the shiny members specifically minnow and then i just kind of paused it and then i went back into k-pop i hopped back in in like 2017 with icon Mm-hmm. And then Blackpink in 17. And now here I am. Nice. Yeah. But I guess we are here to talk about a specific group, Luna. 
And they're really interesting to me because I haven't gotten super into them, but I know that they have a lot of international fans and I know a lot of people who are really into them and have been kind of for a little while, I guess. I don't necessarily see a lot from them personally, but it's cool. Like there's bits and pieces that I've picked up because so many people follow them that I follow. So yeah, I'll talk about kind of the facts and things like that. And Shining Star Co. here will provide you with some more of the fandom perspective as we go through. So, if you don't know, Luna is a 12-member girl group under Blockberry Creative. Their members are Hijin, Hyunjin, Hustle, who is the leader, Yojin, Vivi, Kim Lip, Jinsol, Cherry, Eves, Chu, Goon, and Olivia Hye who kind of range in ages or in birth year from 1996 to 2002. I feel like Luna are one of the girl groups that I see with more members. And I guess part of that is they use that to use their subunits and kind of do lots of different things through that. But I wonder, like, what was the process for you getting into them and kind of getting used to lots of members and lots of different subunits and things that we'll get into in a second? Yeah, it was actually a bit difficult to get into Luna. Um, I wanted to get into Luna during So What era, so I was kind of a little late. But the way Blockberry Creative debuted Luna was very different compared to a lot of debut groups. Luna, uh, the Korean title, I don't want to butcher it, but it basically in English translation means Girl of the Month. So each month they would release a girl. So like one month was Heejin, one month was Hyunjin, and so on, so on. And then between those months, it divided into subunits. So we have Luna One Third, Odd Eyed Circle, and YYYY. And then at the end of all the subunits and solos, they all come together as Luna with their pre-debut song, Favorite, and with their debut song, Hi Hi. And the universe is like a bit complicated. I don't know it as well, but all the solo songs and the unit songs all tie in to their debut song, Hi Hi. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of goes off in there. So it is very different from what girl groups normally go as. Mm. And there are a lot of members and it is complicated. So, (laughs) but you'll eventually like get it. Mm. Was it tricky to kind of get a feel for them as a group and their like style of music? Or is that something that also just kind of comes as you get more into them? I will say they have done a whole bunch of different concepts because mm. um, Hi Hi was very like girly and then you know, Paint the Town is very like strong. The one thing about Luna is it has so many different genres. So you'll find something you'll really like because there's ballad of Hustler solo song and then there's like really colorful of Hegens. Like there's just so many different types of music that they do that you'll find something that's one of the things that makes Luna a bit different from a lot of girl groups that I think. And then as in a unit, again, they do different types of style. But for me, that brought me into the Luna world was their dancing because mm. they have so many members. And sometimes you would think they have so many members, how are they going to utilize all of them? And they make it work. Their choreography is really amazing. It's very clean and they they make it work. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like I'm not necessarily super into them but I've definitely been really impressed um from what I've seen of them 
As you mentioned, they kind of had these concepts like pre-debut as a group of kind of each member debuting as a girl of the month. So they had their solo releases with a song, but they also had a color and an animal associated with them. And that kind of started from October 2016 and went through until their debut in August 2018. So just a quick run through of the subunits and the members in them and their releases, which it was interesting to me looking these up because there were definitely some that I had heard of in terms of the individual releases and some that I hadn't. And I might ask you about that in a second. But going through Luna One Third, my impression is that this is kind of more ballady, acoustic type of releases. But in Luna One Third, there is Hijin, whose song was Vivid, Hyunjin with Around You, Hustle Had Let Me In, and Vivi with Every Day I Love You. Then there's uh, Luna Odd Eye Circle, which is, I think, more on the kind of electronic and R&B side of things. Jinsoul released Singing in the Rain, Kim Lip had Eclipse, and Cherry had Love Cherry Motion. And then... Yeah, Luna YY by Y, with kind of the more pop and electropop side of things. Eve released New, Chu had Heart Attack, Gohan had One and Only, and Olivia here had Egoist. As far as I could tell, Yojin didn't have a subunit, but did release um, her solo song Kiss later. Yeah, so you kind of have all of these individual members, their individual songs, and also kind of subunits happening I guess as an outsider I think I saw some members and some songs more than I saw others I wonder if are there reasons for that were some people marketed more um, or is it just like some people were more popular do you think so the most popular members are Heejin and Chu I would say everyone knows who they are and Chu is especially on a lot of things. She has her own show, Chu Can Do It, on YouTube. And Heejin usually comes along with it. And then Heejin was also part of a feature in a music video as an actress. So they're the most active members. Mm-hmm. And I would say the least are Vivi and Gowan and Sub Hustler. But Hustler was also absent from the end of like Butterfly Era to paint the town so she was not present during so what and why not due to anxiety but she is back now mm. but i mm. yeah i would definitely say vivi and go on do not get enough lines don't get enough screen time overall and then heejin and chu get so much screen time in everything <laughs> yeah do you think that because i guess that would be a lot of kind of blackberry marketing that to the members who they think are most popular Do you think a lot of that was established with their solo releases kind of before their debut as a group? Um, I'm not entirely sure. If I'm going to be honest, when the solos were released, I really only knew, like, that I heard of were Heejin, Chu, Chetty, Junsol, and Olivia Hay. A lot of people emphasized on Olivia Hay because she was a one day trainee because Mm -hmm. when she auditioned and got the role she was a trainee for a day and then they said hey you're gonna do your solo debut Heejin was the first girl 
and she had such an impact and she did so much activities be- before they started to release the other girls. Mm-hmm. And then for Chu, Heart Attack became a really big hit, especially in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. But I would say those are the most popular. Oh, and Chetty. Chetty got a lot of publicity or like lots of say, especially on TikTok. It starts off like really soft and then it just drops to the beat. Mm-hmm. It's so people were really shocked about the bass drop and everything so people were talking about it for a while Mm -hmm. yeah i think i only really started kind of hearing about luna i think after they debuted as a group so there's a lot of that that i kind of missed and i'm not particularly aware of not that i necessarily know heaps about them otherwise but yeah that i don't know especially i guess as a fan of 17 like that any group that has a lot of members the dynamics of that is kind of interesting to me In the least controversial way, like, I'm not trying to, um, like, work out who's most popular and pit them against each other or anything like that. Just, like, it's it's just an interesting dynamic um, for any, like, many-member group to have to um, kind of navigate. Yeah, from there, after they all had their solo releases, they officially debuted on August 20th, 2018, with their album... Plus Plus and the title track High High, as you have mentioned. In terms of statistics, this did pretty well, and this definitely was the first track that I was aware of. They debuted at number two on the Garland charts. They were the second best-selling girl group debut album in 2018, which is really impressive for a group whose album came out in August. So they didn't have lots of time, but it certainly sold well and was quite popular. And I guess probably a lot of that is helped by... There being a fair bit of awareness around them because of these solo releases. This is, Hi Hi is one of those songs that I kind of was aware of at the time. I don't know if I necessarily listened to it heaps, but like looking back, that for me was like the first time that I really was like aware of Luna as a group. Do you think that was an album that got them a lot of attention? Personally, I heard about the group during Butterfly. Because Butterfly, the music video itself, received a lot of publicity because especially since a lot of the actresses in the music video or dancers were people of color and that's not really seen a lot mm. in K-pop music videos. And it was also very like beautiful the way the music video was. It kind of flowed all together. That's when I discovered them because I was like, oh, this music video has a lot of different people of color. They're dancing in a whole bunch of different countries. This is something you would really never see in K-pop these days. I Yeah, Hi Hi, I feel like a lot of people were getting interested in it. Like, I feel like Hi Hi would be more confusing a bit to people that don't really know the solos because you just see a whole bunch of different girls meeting in one location and then dancing like it, it would just be typical music video you would see but the little things they put in the music videos have built up to this even in the solos they put little things in the solo music videos that have built up to high high which mm. is the lunaverse it's mm. very confusing because <laughs> it's you can look people breaking it down on youtube but it gets to like the coloring, the framing, the animals, like everything has built up to this one debut of mm-hmm. High High. Yeah, I was going to ask about that probably a little bit later, but this is a great point to, I think, talk about that a little more because I think a lot of companies, especially now, kind of 
try to put together these big complicated storylines that connect different releases and some people like SM is kind of trying to do that retroactively and connect it all even with the things that have been released before but I think Luna was the first time that I really heard about that concept of having like a universe through the different songs and music videos and I assume obviously we're going to get into their later releases in a second but it kind of started pre-debut, came together in High High, and it, it kind of con- has continued through their other releases. Yeah, so during like the solo releases, it's each girl showcasing themselves, and then when they get to the subunit, they all meet together. Then other solos, and then another unit. And then other solos, then another unit. Then after YYYI, which was the last unit, then all came together. Luna, High High, and it brought them all together. There's no real clarification on what the plot is, Besides all the girls coming together, I'm not super knowledgeable in the Luniverse. Some people are really not like they dedicate their whole stand life mm. to it. Go you because then you help all of us. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been building up since the very first music mm, video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like truly underrated the people who like look through and make all the theories and stuff. I'm in a couple of groups where that happens and I just could not do that myself. (laughs) Yeah, so you mentioned Butterfly. That was a new single on the repackage of that first album that was released as Multiply Multiply, I am told it is said. It's confusing because a lot of their album titles are kind of symbols. Is it like do the fans refer to it as Multiply Multiply? Honestly, like... I usually refer to the albums by the title because Ah, they have only really characters in the, so I'll just say like the Butterfly album, the Why Mm. Not album. Mm -hmm. It just makes it a bit easier, especially to like new orbits. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to get anything wrong, but it is kind of difficult with those titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was released in February 2019 and Butterfly became super popular, specifically in terms of kind of trending. A lot of K-pop fans heard about it, I think. And then also in 2019, they followed that up with another single for the fans in December called 365. And I feel like the end of 2018, when they debuted and through 2019, really helped establish Luna and get them. I don't know if they've ever been super, super popular, but that era, at least my impression is it helped them get kind of more well-known in the K-pop scene and especially internationally. Like I know a lot of the people that I know that became fans became fans in that time. I guess Luna to me feels like a group who maybe are more well-known internationally than in Korea. I don't know if that's entirely true, but that's certainly my impression. Do you think that's true? Do you think there are reasons maybe that they're quite, or they're kind of fairly popular among international K-pop fans? I would say yes, but I feel like that goes for a lot of girl groups. Mm. Um, But if we're going to talk about Luna... Yes, it's more global, especially in America. Well, because specifically, I don't know if you know when Luna first came to America for KCON. I don't know if it was New York or LA, but it was one of the KCONs. And on trending on Twitter was LunaCon. It was a joke between Orbit saying, Luna's going to take over KCON and everything. Let's name it LunaCon. And it like broke them out. Mm. But Luna definitely trended international, especially on Twitter with the random hashtags. 
that orbits have trending, especially when you'll see on a tweet saying, Stan Luna, maybe you should have Stan Luna. Mm. So I really think that's another thing that got promoted for Luna during those times. But KCON is, I think, what really pushed it even more in global because that's when I really started to hear about them. I'm like, what's this LunaCon stuff? Like, is it a new convention or something? Nope, it's just Luna at KCON. So I would definitely say they are more well-known international rather than in Korea, especially in America. Mm-hmm. I definitely should have checked this myself. But was that the KCON performance? Was that their, I guess, probably their first performance internationally? Had they performed much in Korea before that? Or was this like the first time a lot of international fans got to see them? KCON was definitely the first time international fans got to see them. But before that, they did, they probably have done like mini kind of shows in Korea, but not as much as like online streaming as it's more popular nowadays because of COVID-19. But I feel like, yeah, KCON is definitely where it kind of pushed it off internationally. For sure, for sure. And you mentioned COVID and things, and I guess that leads us on to 2020 with their second EP, Hash, released on February 5th and the title track, So What?, which you mentioned kind of is when you started to pay them more attention. Um, was that was there a reason that that kind of caught your attention? Well, it was actually at a, another K-pop concert, and I met another girl there who said their old group was Luna. I was like, oh, I've been meaning to get into Luna. They said, yeah, I should go check them out. So I looked it up, and the first music video was Soa, and I fell in love with it. The colors and the music and just everything. It was so cool to me, and... It was just very different from what typical girl group music videos are, like back in 2015, where it was like very girly and like all about love and all that boys. And this one was more like, I don't care. Let me do what I do. And like female embodiment, which is not really seen in music. I felt like then, but it started to branch out like more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did it so well. And it was a good song. And it just, (laughs) everything tied together was really good. And I guess it then helps getting into them having all of these like solo releases. Is that, like, I guess, is that useful as a fan? Having all of that content that you can kind of discover and learn about them with? I would think so. Because when I like to learn new groups, I don't try to learn about them as a whole. I like to learn about the person individually, especially if you want to find a bias. And because they focused like a whole month on each girl with all the content. And then the next month they did the next girl and then mm. the units they brought them up together. I found it really useful, especially when they had like animals and like colors. It was kind of really fun to learn different things. Mm. But I would definitely say solo stuff because you can also hear how unique their voice is. And mm. Luna's one of the fewer groups that I can tell who's singing because they all have different unique voices and because they were able to showcase that in their solos. And the solos have their different styles. You can hear when they all sing together or like who's higher, who's harmonizing because they have so many different voices. But yeah, I really agree that the solos did help getting to learn them. And because they had that solo stuff, you were able to picture whose face it was, whose voice it was. And then if they were sitting next to another member, you're like, oh, okay, that's this person with this person or like mm. divide it into units. Like, so it was easier to be organized when learning them rather than trying to figure it out yourself if that Mm, makes sense for sure and I guess that's kind of especially helpful in a group with 
quite a lot of members. Yeah, it was it was very. I was all over the place trying to learn them. My brother had to like help me in the end when learning them, but we got it. I got it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you mentioned for the so what promotions, Hassel wasn't involved um, because of anxiety, and she sat out of the next album events and promotions as well which is like always it's kind of a double-edged sword when you hear about a member who's had to miss promotions or activities for a mental health a mental health issue like it sucks that they're going through that but it's good at least that they had time off and I feel like this is one of the things that you can only really get a feel for if you are in the fandom so I don't know kind of how Blockberry handled that if a lot of fans were happy that she was able to take the time off. I think all the other orbits would have to agree that we were happy that she was on a break because she was the oldest and we feel like she took a lot of responsibility to represent and help all the girls out. Mm-hmm. It was very sad when she was on hiatus because, like I said, I got in during So What, so I don't really know who she was, mm-hmm. but I tried to research her as much as I can because I know she is a member of Luna. Mm-hmm. But we did get a couple updates about Hasoi from Blockberry, like from pictures that she posted on Twitter or the member saying, yes, she's doing fine if anyone asked them during video call or something. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much it. And I think it was a bit of a healing experience for her. Mm. She wasn't like stressed about everything and just kind of healing in her own way mm. rather than being pushed and pressured to heal a certain amount to go back on stage. Because now with Paint the Town, she is happy to be back on stage with everyone, especially her members. Mm. And it's, she seems like she's really happy now. That's so good like that's it well it's always great I kind of I've been through it with some of my groups and I think a lot of k-pop fans have now of like seeing a member come back and seeing how much happier they seem and how much kind of healthier and more themselves and so I'm glad that she had the chance to be able to do that even though it's not ideal that she needed to yeah the other release in 2020 was in October their third EP Midnight with a single Why Not. And something that I noticed about Luna, they kind of have a fair bit of time between their releases. Outside of like their singles, there tends to be quite a few months in between their albums. And I feel like K-pop is a strange industry because groups tend to put out albums quite often. So like it's just interesting to me that, yeah, I guess Luna has quite a bit of space between their releases is that something that's I don't know fun to anticipate or maybe frustrating that Blackberry doesn't promote them as often like is there is there a kind of attitude among the fandom towards that I haven't seen any people do emphasize that they want them to take a break because Mm. the choreography is very hard And it must take a lot of time to learn. And not only do they do the title track, sometimes they do a B-side along with that. And they do go on a lot of shows. They're one of the groups that promotes like three weeks, I believe. Uh So they promote for a while. Mm. But during those pauses, they usually chew and hedon like to do lots of stuff in between. So yes, I would want more comebacks, but I don't want them to overwork themselves, Mm. especially 
Heejin or Chu who work so much in between those types of things, or even Eves. I know Eves was recently on Street Dancer, mm. that mm-hmm. one new show, that like dance show that came out recently. I know Eves was doing stuff for that, and then like Yojin, Kim Lip, Goan, and Teddy were doing stuff with Kokomon for Yum Yum and Yummy Yummy. So they're not initially unactive during those periods of time, but would we like to see more of Luna? Possibly. So, but I think the one anticipated comeback would have to be Paint the Town because it's when Mm. Hustle came back. So it was very, that one was the most hyped up, I would say, because, oh, Hustle's back. Oh, what is this concept? This is so different. So I think people were okay that especially Paint the Town took a bit of time. But yeah, but. They're not completely inactive during those times, at least that I don't know of. But Blockberry does give them a bit of limitations, like the girls themselves. So they do do stuff, but they also can't do certain things. Mm. So when they do V-Lives, like uh, here's an example. During quarantine, um, they had to quarantine for two weeks for Paint the Town era because someone had COVID on the set or in the crew. So... When they do V-Lives, there's no camera and it's just voice. And Orbits have speculated that it's scripted. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if that is because mm. I don't really, I'm not fluent in Korean. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Orbits have speculated that. So when they were in quarantine, they showed more their video cameras and like spontaneous lives. They were all over the place. People were like, this is so random. This never happened. So people were thinking, do you limit the girls so much that during quarantine, you just let them do whatever they want? Or did you plan these V-lives and let them show their face to say, hey, we're okay type of thing? It's a lot of things Blockberry does that people speculate that we are isn't confirmed. Like even their social media posts on Twitter, Instagram, they don't post a lot of photos because they can't like Luna doesn't have control over a Twitter Instagram like some K-pop groups do Mm -hmm. like they have a members page and the members will post on it Luna doesn't have that ability and I believe I'm not 100% sure if this is true but they have to get approved of the photo before they post it on any social media and certain girls have to be paired together in the photo to receive more publicity so Mm -hmm. He didn't chew her together. They know, oh, it's going to get a lot more likes. But let's say Go On and Vivi are together. They're think, oh, it's not. It's like a terrible marketing tactic, I think, from Blockberry. And I've, no- I've been noticing it. And I've noticed other Orbits have seen it. Mm. So I completely went off topic. No, it's okay. No, that's really interesting. Because I think, especially recently, uh, and a lot of the younger groups are getting more kind of freedom and things like on social media, on Live. I think the industry is trending towards giving groups a bit more freedom. But it's interesting because it sounds like Luna doesn't really have that a lot of the time. No, not at all. Which, yeah, like, I guess <laughs> sucks for them and sucks for the fans as well. Like, I know getting content that really feels like the members are kind of able to be themselves and aren't just saying what they have to for the company. Like that type of content is some of my favorite and that must, I guess, really suck as an all, but like not 
being able to have some of that or like questioning whether the content you're getting is just what the company wants you to to hear about I guess yeah like it's very limited and restricted it's very restricted and it's not very consistent mm. like I there's rumor that all the other girls wanted to try more things like Heejin wants to try more acting but she's not really given opportunities she did do an acting gig in this one music video I forget what it's called because it's in Korean and I <laughs> don't want to butcher the Korean language mm. or like Chu wants to go more variety shows but she's doing more Chu can do it it's just like little things or like Orbits would want certain memos to do certain things like I know a lot of people want Eves to do uh, artist of the month on Studio Chum or people want Hyunjin to do a running man episode like variety stuff but they're limiting them mm -hmm. to do that stuff mm -hmm. and they I believe some of the members have said certain things that they do want to do this but they are not allowed to yeah yeah I think it feels like it used to be more common kind of in the kind of older eras of k-pop that kind of really tight control over groups but obviously with Luna and I think still with other group definitely still happens you mentioned paint the town which very conveniently brings us to 2021 the comeback with their album and on June 28th um, and yes, of course, Paint the Town, PTT was the title track. And I remember when this was released, I remember reviewing it. It's a really fun song. It's really cool. And I saw like so many people, even people that I didn't know necessarily who were into Luna, posting about it and sharing it. And I feel like that got them a lot of attention, very well-deserved attention this year, quite a while after their last release. It was cool to see them getting a lot of attention. Do you think there was a lot of like new fans that came with Paint the Town in that new release this year? I would say so, mainly because between Why Not era and Paint the Town, Luna did trend on the charts, not the charts, but trended on social media a lot for a lot of the things they were releasing. So I don't think it was solely based off Paint the Town, but it built up to Paint the Town because some of like they had a light stick that was really big. People were talking about it. They released like a cape and people were questioning it. Like, what does Luna do mm. that fans get a cape and this long light stick? Like, it just <laughs> doesn't make sense. And then they research about the members. Why do they all have an animal? Why is one of the animals like a betta fish? Why do they all have colors and they're equal amounts so uh, i think between those is definitely what built up to paint the town so it was anticipated saying oh what are they gonna come out now that i know everything about luna what's what's this comeback gonna be like mm -hmm. type of thing and then the teasers and then hustle being in it so a lot of people were trending her name saying like we're proud of you welcome back and it's just like a whole bunch of things went into the hype of Paint the Town and plus of how hard type the song is mm. and the style and the film, just like the little things, especially if you were in older orbit, the little things that ha they had in Paint the Town, teasers, you're like, oh, wait, that was in this video and that's mm. in this video. So it's like all connecting. Mm -hmm. So I think even if you were in older orbit and then fell out, it would bring you back in again from the teasers yeah that's really interesting um because like I guess I kind of am aware obviously that Luna has this whole 
yeah, Luniverse and it's all connected like that. But I guess I don't, watching the music videos and things, I, I don't necessarily notice those things that are callbacks to their previous releases and all those little bits of knowledge that actual fans have. So it's really cool that they obviously like put a lot of effort into connecting Paint the Town with their previous releases and especially in ways that like people who had been fans for longer would actually notice. I don't know, I guess if that was me like as a fan I'd be like I'd really enjoy that. Yeah, when when my brother and I first watched the music video, we we're like, "Oh my god, that's there and that's there." Oh my goodness, wait, what? That's connected? It's like there was a especially paint the town, there was a lot of past references. It was just so overwhelming and the universe, the Luniverse went like all over the place trying to break down every single frame of the music video. It like freaked all the orbits out. It was insane. <laughs> but that's super cool and it's cool that obviously they have kind of production teams and stuff that are like they're putting kind of all of that energy and thought into it. So that kind of brings us to this year. But they through the years they kind of have done some other cool stuff and some other, I guess, things of note. This year in May they were announced as ambassadors of Korean culture abroad which makes a lot of sense in terms of, I guess, how popular they are internationally. But they've also won a handful of awards, including winning at the Asian Artist Awards, Golden Disc, MTV European Music Awards, which is really cool that they were recognized internationally, um, and also at Soribara. And they've been nominated for the Fact Music Awards this year, which is really cool. I think it's tricky sometimes to get, like you might have a group that's really popular or even just a group that you personally think is really cool and their music's really good and and they should get a lot of attention but they don't necessarily get re- recognized critically and from people in the industry but it seems like that that's happened a bit that kind of the music industry is recognizing what Luna is doing and the cool stuff that they're releasing i guess do fans feel like they get the recognition they deserve? I would say yes and no. Like, we do get nominated, but I feel like Orbitz would, especially me, would want them to definitely get nominated for for more performance type mm-hmm. things because their group is, choreography is, like, really amazing and the amount of members. That's me personally. I also think they would, people would like for them to get more nominations in other shows besides just certain ones. Mm-hmm. Like be one of those kind of fandoms saying, oh, is there an award show? Oh, we're definitely going to get nominated type thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to be nominated. Like that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you have it. And I feel like Luna has done so much and it would be nice to have that feeling. Like, especially during like Music Bank or Music Chorus. And they have a comeback and be like, oh, we if we just stream the song, stream the music video, we know they're going to get in the top two type of thing. But sometimes it can be a bit of a struggle, mm. especially who are also the other candidates during that comeback month. So I feel like, yes, we want to be nominated for more, but I think it would be cool to be nominated for certain things. Mm. Like if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Any group that is kind of performance focused like that you want that recognized but I feel like that's something that weirdly in k-pop kind of ends up being a bit kind of underrated or under recognized um and I'm definitely like surprised that Luna doesn't get that because like even kind of 
not being super into them like their performance is definitely even for me I know that that's such a big part of what they do I don't know with the way the industry is I'm not necessarily or I shouldn't be surprised but I am surprised that they haven't gotten that recognition well yeah I guess that kind of brings us up to date with yeah what they've released hopefully they're building towards another comeback at some point um, they're definitely doing some cool stuff in k-pop at the moment to wrap things up my question for you as a luna fan is there anything that you'd want non-fans maybe people like me who have heard of them but don't know them super well is there anything you'd want us to know or kind of particular interesting things about luna that maybe people should kind of look up or might get people interested in them this sounds like I'm just like being like market Luna, um, but I feel like fans have like specific knowledge about groups that you don't necessarily get unless you you kind of get into them. Uh, yeah. So if you want to get started into Luna, like you're listening to this podcast today, hey, Luna sounds really cool. I want to get into them. I would definitely go through the music videos in order. You can go on YouTube and type in Luna music videos in order. It will start with Heejin and then go to Hyunjin, Hustle, and go straight down the line. That's a good way to know the members. And then there's the subunits, Luna One Third, Odd Eyed Circle, and YY by Y. This question is also asked a lot, and I didn't know when to pop in to say it. But yes, Yuljin is not part of a subunit. They also have real, like, the names that we are naming are their stage names. Mm. So I would research their birth names. So, like, Olivia Hay is actually Hey Ju. Mm-hmm. Chu is actually Ju Won. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Because it's, it's also nice to know their real names. I personally call them by their stage names because it's a lot easier. Especially, I know how to pronounce them better. But it would be a good idea to know their birth names. As Twitter, a lot of people like to use their birth names. Mm-hmm. But I, I've seen that a lot in just different K-pop stuff. They just started promoting in Japan with Hula Hoop. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can watch that. And if you do catch up on all the other stuff, watching music videos... Hula Hoop would be mind-blowing to you because it has a lot of references from the music videos. <laughs> mm. As if it's connected, I am not sure. But you'll see like little things. Like in their solo music videos, they each have their animal. Mm. So Heejin's is a bunny and Hyunjin's is a cat. So you'll see them in each of the music videos. And music videos all have like special meaning if you want to jump into the Lunaverse. Like Vivid for Heejin, it's very colorful, vivid color. So there's lots of little thing you wouldn't expect to be in the music video there's also like a graph you can look up or there's i'm pretty sure there's a youtube video you can find explaining the universe but it's like literally every single thing is involved in the universe yeah. it's ev- <laughs> everything that's really cool though and like that means yeah like i definitely could see how easy it would be as a fan like starting to get into them and then suddenly like there's so much to look up and I can see how that'd be really cool like when you just start getting into them that all of that is kind of connected and there's so many references everywhere. Yeah it's like people it's like an ongoing joke about Luna that Luna is the quote adventures of Mm k-pop because you know with all the Marvel heroes you know come do solo type of movies and all come together in Infinity War and like Endgame so people do like to compare it as to that Mm -hmm. because then they do solo stuff and then they meet in high high and Mm -hmm. then branch off together as a team Mm -hmm. type of thing so a lot of people like to compare 
the Avengers with Luna. That's really cool, though. Like, that's a kind of big name to be compared to. That's fun. <laughs> cool. Well, we might wrap up there. Unless there was anything else you wanted to mention. Yeah, anything you wanted to draw attention to particularly? I can't really think of anything besides, like, you join the fandom, there's a lot of memes. Like, there's so many jokes, especially <laughs> on Twitter. Mm. Um, I will say be careful on Twitter because sometimes people can be a bit mean, especially since Orbit's a little well-known for that. Um, so I advise you take caution when interacting with other Orbits. Yeah, don't be mean. <laughs> Just promote the girls and be happy <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on and for talking about Luna with me. This has been really fun. I've really enjoyed kind of getting to know them a bit more. Do you want to let people know where they can find you and your shop? I mean, like just a personal thing. Like, yeah, I followed you for a little while and I really love your designs and the stuff that you make. So I definitely recommend people check out Shining Star Co. Yeah, if you want to let people know where they can do that. Um, yeah, so I do have an Instagram. It's called shiningstar.co. And on Twitter, it is shiningstarco as one word, no period. I'm mainly based in the New York area. So I try to do cup sleeve events. I did do one for Luna. And I'm going to try and do another one next year, possibly, maybe. <laughs> uh, currently, I am doing stuff for the Very Very Tour in Houston and in New York. Um, that's pretty much it. Hopefully I'll do more Luna stuff soon. Yeah, well, absolutely check them out if you get a chance. Um, they're very, very lovely and very friendly. And yeah, thank you so much again for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> the biggest thank you again to Shining Star Co for coming on. It really was so much fun and really interesting to learn more about a group who has been on my periphery for a really long time. You can find all their socials in the show notes. Please do go and check them out. That's all I've got for you today and for the rest of the year. I'll be on hiatus through December and all going well, I'll be back in January with some more of this. Before I do go, I want to thank you for listening and supporting the show. This hasn't been the easiest thing, especially in kind of the later part of this year, but I'm really happy I got to do it and I'm thrilled that so many people listened to the show and liked what I had to offer. Again, if you want to make sure that you see updates for when the show is coming back, you can follow the socials at Monse Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. They are linked in the card in the show notes with the rest of the podcast links, and the show notes are also where you can find all of my sources for this episode. This podcast is and has been produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to elders, past and present, and thank them for their care and stewardship of this land, its water and air. This is stolen land, and sovereignty over it was never ceded, but it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope the next month is kind to you. This is Zia J signing off for the year. Bye.